Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast, where we interview people from inside and outside recruitment to give you ideas to help you on your way to a million pound year. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller. Welcome to another Million Pound Biller interview podcast. Today is a great interview. It's a thing that's very close to my heart. It's the way of making sure that you can get the best quality resourcing for the least possible money using outsourced solutions to build and leverage your business. I'm talking to Kevin and Ray from Forward who offer a solution whereby they recruit the staff, put them in the Philippines and manage them on your behalf. But you keep hold of the people, you can control their day-to-day and you effectively have additional staff members all for a fraction of the cost for the UK. But enough of me talking about it. Let's turn over to me, Ray and Kevin and talk about resourcing outsourcing. Today we're speaking to Ray Harris and Kevin Charles. Ray is the head of delivery for Forward and Kevin Charles is the COO for Forward. We're going to have a chat about the ideas and thoughts around outsourcing. Kevin and Ray will discuss a bit more about who they are and where they come from in a minute, but they work with a company or work for and run a company that does outsourcing support for companies from the recruitment space particularly. So if I could turn it over to you guys and Ray and, and Kevin, could you just give yourself a bit of an introduction please to the listeners? Yeah, go on, boss. You can go first. I was just going to say the same to you. Yeah, thanks, Adrian, for uh, letting us pop on and have a chat about this topic. I am Kevin, CEO of Forward. Me and Antonio have been running recruitment companies for quite some time now, and we come up with the concept of Forward just pre-pandemic, so February, January, February last year. And the idea was to give access, almost like a bridge, because we've had an outsourced recruitment structure in the Philippines for some time. The idea was to create a bridge to allow other Western, if you like, Europeans and UK companies to also benefit from what we found a big benefit from in one of our recruitment companies. So that's where Ford was born. And we deliver across lots of spectrums, not just recruitment. So marketing, social business development, administration, virtual assistants, secretaries, et cetera, et cetera. So it's quite a wide scope that we cover there. But the most popular product is the the resourcing side of things. And that's probably a good introduction, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Kev. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Ray Harris. I'm head of delivery here at Forwards. So I'm in charge of the whole delivery plan and execution for delivery. And our space, and I think Kev sort of touched a lot on it there and, and give you a good insight to what we do. My job here is dealing with the three parts of the business that I look after. And we split our outsourcing into three categories. There's what we call our flexi seats, and they are for the startup businesses and medium enterprises that have now, I suppose, and since January, found there are considerably more requisitions on their tables than the one was in 2020, obviously. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And so we then sort of have just single seats, I suppose, and deliver those that outsourcing opportunity to the smaller bit to our smaller and startup businesses. Then we've got what we call our mini RPOs, and that's for larger businesses. So where they can have a group of resources or outsource or sort of outsource them for between five, and that's that one's between five and six, five and ten, sorry. Um, and then we've got obviously our global RPOs where we set up a, a global RPO business that sits on top of their on their recruitment on top of that. So I look after all of those facets of the of the delivery for forward. Great. I mean, that's a brilliant introduction. And I mean, from my point of view, I mean, I've traveled quite a lot to the sort of Far East and Asia and, and I've seen the skills that you can get out there. But I suppose from a listener's point of view, one of the biggest sort of 
barriers potentially that I hear people talking about when they're talking about this idea of resourcing from or, or putting any of that sort of skill overseas, if you like, is that can I put it in this direction that that British view of a call centre operative calling them about something and having that kind of interaction, if you like. Just talk to me a bit about the sort of skill set that you guys are getting in, in Manila, in the Philippines, or not the Manila, in Philippines, in terms of the skill sets you're finding over there. Kevin, we spoke the other day and you mentioned the number of people that are involved in, just in general in recruitment in the Philippines is, is huge. So tell me a bit about that yeah. sort of calibre of candidate, the people you're getting, if you like. I'll give you the backstory, actually. While we were doing a... RPO in the US, we had about 20 UK employees and they're expensive, right? And mm, yeah. we, did, we, we did the maths on the, the budget that we had and the, the volume of hires we had to make, et cetera, et cetera. We actually need far more recruiters to deliver this big project. So we went and outsourced ourselves to a company called uh, Sizegen in the Philippines. And we had a team working for us and they were phenomenal, right? So I was in Texas at the time and Antonio rang me up and said, look, fly over to the Philippines and find out what this is all about. These recruiters are really, really good. Let's, let's see what it's all about. So I flew out here and within two, three weeks, I'd set up an office with about 15 recruiters in it. And these recruiters speak perfect English. They've got degrees in all sorts of fascinating things and they're professional recruiters. And one of the things I found out while I was, in those early days, is companies like Alexander Mann were really successful RPO businesses. They're all out here. And I found it kind of feels like it's a secret almost that mm. they're working out here and not really telling anyone. So that's where I, I sort of toe dipped when we were about two and a half years ago. And the quality of people, and if I put it like this, the average tenure in a role over, over here is six years. So if you can go and get a resource up, they're going to have between four and five years experience from forward, and they're going to be really well versed in the niche you're working in because there's so many big giant recruitment companies out here that just don't tell anyone about it. Mm -hmm. So we, we really bust that myth whenever we speak to people. It's just really, really interesting dynamic. And the Philippines is very, very westernized. It's got a lot of Spanish in it. It's got a lot of American in it. Uh, yeah, it's just a real pleasure to work with these, these chaps out here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Kevin, I'll, I'll touch on that as well. Uh, I'll touch on a couple of those points as well, Kevin, if you wish. In regards to all the Alexander Mann and, and the RPOs that are out there, just to put this in context, the Filipino RPO market is worth $24 billion a year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So when you look at it in the context of that, and I'm going to, and, and that, and when you break it down in numbers of that, there are so many RPOs from professional services over there, from banking and finance, because the Philippines is perfectly sourced and it's really perfectly placed as well geographically to access not only the Asia-packed market. So for, I'm not sure if, how familiar you are with, the, with Australia and stuff, but a lot of the Commonwealth banks for Australia are over there. So, so Commonwealth Bank of Australia is over there and a few other St. George's Bank is over there, which rival the likes of NatWest and Lloyd's, um, yeah. as well as your Morgan Stanley's, as well as your, your Alexander Manzi RPOs that are running these HSBC, for example. So $24 billion means there's a lot of candidates on the market over there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and within different subsectors as well. So I know that I've sort of touched on the professional services there, but automotive are out there as well because they're dealing with the car manufacturers over in the Far East. So from a standpoint of, you know, is my industry relevant to what you guys can recruit for? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because it's perfectly placed between Asia Pac, India as well. Mm. And we know that there's hell of a lot of manufacturing tech businesses in India and can reach as far as the uh, the UK and Europe as well. So 
it's perfectly placed for that, Adrian, as well. And the recruitment over there, and I touch on another point that Kev said, recruitment over there is so much more structured and uh, the structure of, of how re- the recruitment process goes, even for candidates over there, so much more structured over there than it is here, okay? They almost run an apprenticeship type of recruitment process. And what Kev touched on there is about 10 years and being in roles in the same role for six, five, six years is absolutely true. Let's talk about the Western world on that. In the Western world, you get a trainee that comes into the recruitment world and we all know what it's like. They come in with bags of enthusiasm. They make a few placements. And within 12 months, they don't want to be a resourcer anymore. They want to get pushed up to the dizzy heights of being a recruitment consultant. Yeah, yeah right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that goes their pay and do you know what I mean? And, and, and a better salary. Over in the Philippines, it's like, no, you, you, you will do four years of a resourcer before yeah. they even start contemplating about bringing you up to a, a 360 role, you know? So from that point of view, Kev's bang on right. Actually, their resourcing skills and their TA skills are so much more detailed and, and, and so, so much better at it because they've just spent double the amount of what a recruitment consultant would spend yeah. over in the Western world doing it. So in terms of the candidates, the, sort of the, the companies you're working with then, are your TA, the, the resources sort of working through the sort of typical job boards, LinkedIn, are they doing headhunting what, or, or a combination of all three really? I mean, what's the, what's the typical support functions that your team would, would work with a client on, a client being a recruitment company, obviously? Yeah, look, Kev and I uh, and Antonio have way too many years of recruitment experience that I'd care to mention on this. If this is a video, you could probably see my grey hair and and Kev's loss of hair that would probably demonstrate that. But in regards to that point, yeah, we get them to recruit over when they come and work for us. We give them a certain mentorship and bring them through a certain training plan. And yeah, Kev's an, an absolute expert in social recruiting. I focus more on the sort of the LinkedIn profiles and the, the conversations that go out. But I mean, the candidates come to us with these skills anyway. They do recruit on uh, Facebook and, and on Facebook groups. They, they do recruit in LinkedIn and, and very well. And they do recruit on job boards. I mean, personally, and I think Kev will agree with this, we tend to stay away from job boards as much as we possibly can. And there's a reason for that. And if we're all completely honest with us, we all know the reason for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, firstly, some of them are, are a little bit more expensive than obviously using your own means. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, is the quality of candidate on it. You know, you know as well as I do, Adrian and Kev, we've all been there where you go on a job board to hunt for a job because you've just lost your last one, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so what we try and do is nail down and go a deeper dive into that and find those candidates that don't want to move and leverage them out of businesses. And we do that by using social media because we find it's actually a better way to market than it is using a job board. Kev? You know, just before Kevin jumps in, I think that, and that's part of the, the thing at the key at the moment, isn't it? Because you know, I've been chatting to people on this podcast in the last few interviews, and it's really crucial to know that the market at the moment, whilst there is a lot of candidates in it because of the fact that COVID has been hit so hard across the world over the last 12 months, the good people are still working. Yeah, the, absolutely. The, the, the fundamental is if, you're, if your client wants to come for you to get you a particular candidate, they're invariably going to want the sort of people that are working, not the people that are just on the market, open, looking for anything at all, for a number of reasons. And we won't go into those at the moment. So the, the skill of a recruiter has and always will be that ability to find those hard to fill candidates. So if your teams can, can do that and are available to do that, you know, and you're paying a fraction of the price you'd be paying for somebody to do that in the UK, that seems to me like a no-brainer for somebody to, to at least go out there and try it. 
just on that front, so in terms of, obviously you mentioned those three different, obviously we're probably talking here more at the moment, especially in terms of the sort of listeners we get into this podcast, mm-hmm. that the sort of the micro and SME level. So those sort of flexi seat models, if you like. Yeah. So let's say, for example, I bring on a resource from, from your team and they're working for me in, inside of your business. Obviously, that means I don't have to worry about the management on the ground, as, as it mm-hmm. were. But if I'm putting training into that person, do I get a defined individual of your team that's sort of working for me long term so i sort yeah. of can build that person's skill set particularly for my niche perhaps up yeah so okay do you want to go well then let me go otherwise you'll be <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I, don't, I just love the sound of my own voice i'm so sorry kev go on yeah 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 and sit on the garden wall with a can of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, mate. I'm so sorry. The flexi seats come in, and the the great thing about it is, is we don't just give you someone like there you go. There's John. You do an entire recruitment process too. So you you give us a brief like you would any other recruiter. We go and find the right candidates for you. You interview them. Um, you put them through your interview process, whatever that may be, and we embed them into your business. We do the management side through technology enablement, but they literally are a member of your team that is just so happens to be sat somewhere else on a laptop yeah. instead of in their home in London. So because the world has now opened up to the possibility of remote working and it's now a thing, you widen your talent pool, so to speak, and you can get some really, really smart people working from anywhere in the world to your niche and under your terms. So yeah, if you train them the way you want them to do something, they just go off and do it. Uh, and that's hmm. another magical thing about this entire, the light that surrounds COVID is that it has opened up and changed the way that we work. And it does allow you to attract better talent from, from all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. And teams are now set up to, to work with that, whether you're working, you know, I've got companies I work with, where I've got teams in the Middle East, I've got teams in the UK, I've got teams in London, all that kind of stuff. And you're like, we're all on Teams calls, Zoom calls as mm-hmm. we are today, and you're getting used to that model now. So what's to add somebody in the, in the Philippines? In terms of that, I yeah. suppose the, the one question that comes from that is, I suppose your guys, your, your teams work UK hours, do they? Or can they, or do they work off, off-centred hours? So it's actually a cultural thing over there. They don't have a nine-to-five, like, like a, a rigid nine-to-five like we do over in the Western world. They are so used to working in different time zones. Uh, again, going back to how, how big the RPO is over there, it's just become a way of life for them, where they're happy to work night shifts for the US. They're happy to work that late shift, that sort of afternoon late shift for us in the UK, or that early morning shift for Asia Pack, you know? Mm. So from that point of view, no, there's no, there's never a, any quibble about working hours, you know? And in fact, if we're working with a lot of flexi seats where we're consulting with them as well, in regards to, and this is one of part of the consultancy that we do with them when they're bringing on an extended team, an extended team member is how we call is what we call them because they are. And we talk to them about, you know, actually we don't have to work nine to five. You could actually, you can work nine to five and they can work 10 till seven UK time. Yeah. You know, so actually, by the time that they've put their messages out for you and for that, for, for your business and for their business as well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They can sit, they can wait till seven o'clock at night to get those responses back. So yeah. the actual response time for candidates, you know, effectively can be a lot quicker because they're not yeah. going six o'clock, done, yeah. <laughs> you know. No, no, and, we, and we all know, having been in recruitment for a while now, actually, some of those best hours from six till seven or seven till eight when you know, people are at home and you can actually get them and they're out of their offices and they can actually have a conversation, yeah. you know, without having to go, can I have a conversation? Can you go and find a room to have a chat with me? 
you know, those are some of the best conversations you get with candidates, particularly as we're talking about candidates that aren't actively looking for a job, aren't on the open market, are working, they need to fit in with their current. So your yeah. team of resources can then can then effectively be working out of hours quite comfortably without having to worry about issues about when they start, who they do, and all that kind of stuff. You can manage it a lot easier. This is, that sounds like a great option. Sure, yeah. And, and that's the flexibility that we have. You know, it's part of our model that we have flexible, that we can give you a flexible option. So even if you, you know, if you were looking for even that, that sort of, even those sort of volume hires, you know, and you needed call center staff, for example, over here in the UK, or you need uh, administrators over here in the UK, you know, you could actually have them work in Filipino time and then come in in the morning to a bunch of CVs that are already on your desk if you want to do a resourcing role. You know, the model and, and how, and that talent attraction piece it is so much more flexible to what we've got over in the Western world. Mm. You know, yeah, you know, you know and the benefit for me, I mean, I'm, you know, you're kind of preaching to the choir here because I'm, I'm a big believer in this model because, you know, for me, the, thing, the, the two things that struck me when I thought, started looking at this model a few years ago now was the first one is, as you say, that flexibility, the ability to have somebody that works outside of your hours, whether you want to do it later in the evening and have people calling people through the night, to kind of converse, not come through the night, but to, you know, nine o'clock at night or whatever to get the candidates after hours. Or as you say, that ability, I did some stuff in India and, and in Philippines before. You know, as you say, you come into a desk full of CVs, ready to get cracking on straight away. That work's yeah. already been pre-done for you. They're working when you're not. So you've got that kind of start. How, how, many, how many seats do you want, Adrian? <laughs> well, we'll talk about that, Kevin. Don't worry about it. We'll get that sort of but yeah, but I think, you know, for me, and for me, I think, as I said before, this podcast is aimed at those people that are running their own companies or small and medium-sized companies. And they're, you know, I've talked to a few people recently on this podcast about the idea that this next 12, possibly 18 months, there's going to be a wave of bounce back, if you like. Most of these, you know, large scale recessions that I've been through have, have then led to a, a bow wave of work, whether that's just yeah. residual requirements that they've not recruited for or people decided to move when they hadn't before and things like that. But the risk in all of this is that you start to run too fast and you get caught up in the wave of it. The wave crashes over you and you, you suddenly become. You know, I, I found that myself, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago or a little bit less than that, I, I ran my own company. We got caught on the backside of 2008, 2009 recession. So we came out of 2008 fine. The recession didn't hit us that badly. We were okay. Well, actually, we got caught six, eight months later when the, the rest of the companies that sort of, they got shivers and we got caught on the back end of it because we'd effectively tried to expand a bit too quickly. Whereas for me, with a, talking to small companies, this is a great model because a, yeah. the costs are lower anyway. If you're going to recruit a resource in the UK, you're paying probably, I'm not going to give your figures out, you can talk to people about that, but you're probably paying two or three times at least what you're going to pay for in the Philippines. It's not just that. It's also the scalability and the yeah. up and down of it all. So mm-hmm. it's literally flexi seat because they're like taps. So you can come to us and say, look, I've got a project for three months. So, right, I need five people for that project. Uh, project end comes, you just go, right, thanks, guys. Thanks for your assistance. And because we've got so many clients it doesn't mean the person that you've spent the last three months with is now not without a job we've secured their position with us and we just move them on to another project so the the scalability is phenomenal as well if you just want to run a six-month project three-month project you can just turn this service on and off yeah i mean i started to a company the other day who's a a small company i'll I'll put you onto them after the podcast kevin who've won a big piece of of work it's outside of their scale normally that you know the company suddenly comes and said look we want to give you a whole load of roles to work on and they're now going, brilliant, great problem to have. But actually, the trouble is, if they go out and recruit a resource to, to meet that need in the UK or, or potentially two or three resources might need, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden 
in three or four months' time when that delivery's finished, they don't have that same amount of work in. They suddenly got to keep paying those guys. I mean, in theory, you could get rid of them in the UK, but people I find in the UK are far more reluctant to release people yeah. once they've got them on the site. I know I was when I had my own company. You kind of go, well, then they're, you know, they're part of my team. I mean, obviously, this person would be as well in the Philippines, but people seem to be more reluctant to go. Actually, I'll just get rid of Fred, Fred now or Josephine now because I got to finish that yeah. project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we next to me, sort of thing, and you kind of look in the white for eyes. Frankly, I think it works works the <laughs> other way as well. Is that you can become too friendly with someone, mm. and that's a part of your your team, and then they start underperforming like Ray, and then you mm. can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Where the, where were the flexi seats? You're not stuck with one person. Let's say you take someone on for three months and they're there. They're not performing how they should be. With the flexi seats, we just go and find someone else to slot in that slot. You, know, yeah. you don't end up with a catalogue of underperformance because you feel obliged to support them because they were good once. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, my God. I cannot believe, oh, I cannot believe Kevin, you've just actually said that on the podcast. It's unreal. <laughs> unreal. unreal. <laughs> right. No, 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 no listen, because I'm going to lighten, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lighten the mood here, right, a little bit. So in regards to performance, right, we, we work really hard here. We do work, work really hard here. Um, but we do try and make it a fun, interesting place to work as well. All right. Do you know what I mean? We do really have that, that sort of work hard, play hard mentality. And obviously, when we first started up, Kevin and I ran all the interviews for, for, for all the candidates that are going coming through, whether that would be to our flexi seats, whether that's joining an RPO. We were literally interviewing sort of all, all that. And it came to a point and I said, Kev, look, we've got this really good candidate. Want to want to interview him. Kev actually took the interview from his beach in Cebu, <laughs> right? Put his camera on, nipples out the lot, right? Whilst in the sea, and I'm sat here, you know what I mean? Dark and miserable Coventry oh, <laughs> right? yeah. at my desk in my front room, and he's there with his nipples out. And yeah. so, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not having this. And the infrastructure here as well. This is a really important one, actually. The infrastructure here is actually really, really good. The worries about oh, the Philippines as a third world country, first thing, it's not. Um, mm. But the infrastructure, I mean, we've just had a 5G tower put in, right, on this island. And this island's in the middle of the science sea. It's tiny. The internet's really good. Technology has really enabled uh, mm. us to, to do this. It's been it's just fantastic. And I think the other point that I'd, I'd, I'd make, and maybe you guys should be making it for you because it's your business, but it's the come back to the idea about, you know, I, I speak to people here and they go, oh, well, you know, you're paying them a low salary. Why would they be interested? And you go, well, it's not low comparative to where they are in the market, in the world, if you like, isn't it? So It's not. And uh, do you know what, Adrian? I want to put that to bed as well, mm. I? because, look, they're on a lower salary because of how the currency works. Okay? Mm. So that's purely what the conversion is. But actually, we are getting a little bit of flexibility, and we pay our candidates top line for the work that they do. Mm. There's a reason for that, uh, and there's two reasons for that. Firstly, we want to make sure that the candidates are happy. Right. We want to make sure that the candidates are getting paid and remunerated well, purely for, and the first point is for their personal selves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because everybody in life is out there to better themselves. Right. Yeah. And I know that I am, and I know that Kevin, I'm out there to give my children a better future than what I grew up in. Okay. Yeah. And I think every parent in the world can relate to that. Okay. That's the goals that you set out when you first see that, that tiny little thing that, do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. Yeah. But secondly is we want our extended team members to stay with you as a business. 
Okay. Mm. So we know that we're paying above market rate and we're comfortable with paying above market rate because we don't want their heads turned by uh, an extra 5,000 uh, pesos a month. And I'll put this into context for you because I know there's probably people going about there going, oh, they're paying top rate and maybe I can knock them down on that, right? We're not having any of that. A good consultant, a, a rec- recruitment consultant in the UK, and let's make no bones about it, will for three years, four years experience, won't get out of bed for 40 grand a year. Yeah. Right? Fair enough, isn't it? It's market yeah. rate at the moment. That creates to 270,000 pesos a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. The average salary for a Filipino is 60,000 pesos. 60 to 80,000 pesos is, the average, is, is yeah. what we pay our staff. Okay. Yeah. The actual average is a little bit lower than that. Mm. But that's what we pay them for a decent standard of living. That is a saving of nearly of two thirds of what, well, uh, sorry, uh, three, three quarters of yeah. what you'd pay over here for a recruiter. Comes obvious, doesn't it, when you talk about that? And Kevin, you mentioned something just to give a, a probably a, a different context to people. What was it you said the other day? A pint of beer is twelve pence or something. Yeah. So wherever I travel in the world, I work out how expensive it is to well, live by the cost of we're beer. All, we're all recruiters. That's kind of how we live by, isn't it? The pint, <laughs> yeah, pint of, yeah, exactly. The price of pint of beer or a pint of bottle of wine. That's kind of the that's kind of the so, standard, standard fr- framework. Well, isn't I it? can't. Yeah, precisely. I can't imagine ever going back and working in London, Shoreditch, <laughs> in an office ever again. And at the Friday night, going to the pub and paying seven quid for a beer, a pint of Foster's, when I'll pop after work today, I'll pop down and sit on the beach and I'll get a bit pint of beer for around about 12 pence San Miguel light. So, yeah, that's the cost of living over here. I mean, if you were to look at other costs associated with day to day living, if I was to take me and the missus out for, for dinner at a really nice Italian restaurant, I'm looking at paying probably 700 pesos which is 15 quid for a free course two people bottle of wine everything in a nice environment so the cost of living out here is lower and for whatever economic reasons there are but it doesn't mean they live any less of a standard of life kevin you're a working example of that you haven't come back yet (laughs) i'm not not coming back as long as the conservatives are there (laughs) <laughs> so just moving on then so obviously we talked a lot about the resourcing side of, the, of what you guys do but you also offer sort of virtual assistant and marketing and lead generation services which again is something that a lot of people are considering now particularly as companies have entrenched or retrenched should we say over the covid period and perhaps have got rid of some of those back office support functions like marketing is probably one of the ones that recruitment hits hard and and potentially in terms of like the pas or support functions in companies so again that's an area where you you also can provide support to people when they're looking at you know how do we go out and get you know some of this admin stuff done and lead generation stuff done and dealing with marketing so again mm. that's another yeah. area that people can outsource and sort of use the same model isn't it that is probably the most important thing right now is business development right we all we all mm. had a crash we all burned and now we need to pick back up one of our most newest products is the social media business development and um, and these are highly these are people that are a little bit younger They've grown up with social media and they, they are on every single social media site. What they will do for you is take over all your social medias. And I've got my own social business developer. Uh, mm. She's amazing. She will learn all about me and we'll spend some time together and 20, 30 minutes a day. And she'll then go out and she'll post Facebook, LinkedIn. She'll interact with people, have discussions on people. And she generates monthly upwards of 20,000 pounds sterling of, of business for us yeah. directly. And 
just through social media business development. So it's a really great time if anyone's out there listening that they want to get into business development and get a business development resourcer in. It's, it's come and speak to us because we've got some really great stories surrounding that as well. And again, come back to that idea. It's actually it's the same with the resourcer, I guess. It's, it's somebody that works directly for your business that you're effective. Or obviously, employed so that you don't have to deal with any of the rubbish about employment overseas and all those sort sure. of things. You don't have to do any of that bits Precisely. and pieces, but they're yeah. effectively your individual. Um, so the that social media is, person is effectively part of your team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing is, is that they're also sat with, and we've, we've got an office here and mostly some are remote, but they're also working with a social media business development team. So they're learning skills from each other all the time, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, recruiters sat in an office all together, they learn recruitment techniques, et cetera. It's the same with the business development team. And if you hire someone in London and you bring them into your office, they don't have that energy around them to learn different techniques and all the market's quite hot here, et cetera. So you get a lot of that that helps out everyone as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think, sorry, Adrian, I think like, no, yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about this, you know, and, and the office environment. Adrian, going back to the office nine to five, Monday to Friday is dead. It's over. You know, and I imagine there's a lot of businesses and office spaces in London that are sweating right about now, you know, because people have down, companies have downsized, you know, hot seating and uh, hot desking was a thing even before COVID. And now COVID's just compound that, you know, tenfold because everybody's got all this extra time left. Like I live half an hour train journey away from Birmingham. I've always worked in Birmingham. It's an hour's commute there and back. Mm -hmm. People are now going, hold on. Been working from home, I've done an hour's more work, and I've still got an hour extra to yeah. do the hoovering or do the ironing. And I know that sounds really, really simple, but it's true. So even if you had somebody in the UK, you are still not going to see them on a day-to-day basis like you were. You know, yeah. there are people that I've spoken to in that market analysis in in London, uh, in, in in Birmingham, in Manchester. London, they're just flatly refusing to go back to an office. Yeah. You know, so there's no difference anymore. There's no difference. You know, we all know how to use Zoom properly, Google Meets. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're, they're I've all never out actually there. met Ray. No, actually not. Never actually met Ray. <laughs> there you go. Up. There you go. And I think that, that's the point, isn't it? And you sit there and go, if, you're, and if, if that's the case, if we work on that premise, which I absolutely agree with, I think there's, you know, there's going to be. The days of nine to five, five days of the week in the office are behind us. And certainly in recruitment terms, I mean, in terms of recruiting companies running that way. Yeah. Therefore, you go, well, in that case, from a business point of view, your best options are recruiting the best skills for the best price that can work the, the, the best to deliver against your business, wherever those might be in the world. Absolutely. And however you can get hold of them. And that seems to be, to be the best model. If you can get quality skills, which we've talked about, you can. And a, and a fraction of the price, then why wouldn't you go out there and, and test it and give it a, give it a go? Because I think you know I'm a big believer in it, as we probably told you probably told from my tone on this podcast. But yeah, I just think, yeah. You know the the model of of working with that structure, it means and it, you know come back to me and again I'm not selling your business here. You're selling your own. But the fact of the matter is, for me, I've always thought about it this way: if I can bring in good resources and I can pay them cheaper or less money, but still have them a good quality of life, I can bring an extra salesperson. I could bring an extra front end person that can deal with the client relationships and the management of those, which actually is higher skill, but often costs me more money. But if I'm not spending money at the resourcer end, I'm spending at the other end, I'll get more business long-term. Yeah. And do you know what? I don't think, I'll tell you now for a fact, from a delivery point of view, 
And I think Kevin's like saying, we're not here to sell the business. We're here to give you another option. Do you know what yeah. I mean? We're here to give businesses other options. And this is the other option. The way that we are changing the landscape at the moment as well. And to touch on the point where we first made about Alexander Mann, I'm not just going to use them, but these huge, huge RPOs. What I love about my job and what we're doing here, and this is the bit that gets me out of bed in the morning, and I, I totally stand by this, getting a little passionate about it now, but I'm not going to make any bones about that, is the fact is that it was always a, an option for the elite in mm. recruitment, right? It was always an option for the elite. What we're doing with flexi seats and our mini RPOs and for mediums, we're leveling the playing field for everybody. So everybody's now got access to this resource through us. We've now given you another option of, yeah, you don't have to, you know, spend 45 quid on a client management and then, and then another 25, 30 quid for uh, 30,000 for a resourcer, you know, Hmm. we can level the playing field and imagine the quality that you can bring into your business if you do offset one of those. Yeah. You know, and that's what it's all about at the moment. We all know that recruitment's about client relationships, client management, candidate management, candidate relationships. That's putting those two together makes money. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that, I think it's a perfect. Uh, I won't. I won't do any further. I think that's a perfect position to finish on. So, guys, I want to thank you very much for your time. I think you know you've probably told them that people could probably do this. And I'm a big advocate for this as a solution for companies. I think it's a it's a game changer for for small and medium-sized recruitment companies to get, as you say, on board with that, you know, the, the train that the big boys have been on for a while now. And with your business and the way you're operating, I think is a great way for people to test it and, and run it and see how it works for their business. So uh, what we'll do is we'll get links to you in the descriptions below so they can reach out and find you on LinkedIn and, and directly through your through websites and things like that. But I want to just thank you very much for both of your time. It's been really good to hear about the solutions and the offerings you bring and some of the uh, tackle some of the questions on it. So uh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you for having us on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Brilliant. Adrian, I've got a uh, podcast on the 30th of June, 2pm. I've invited a few recruitment leaders along. So if you want to come along, let me know and I'll put you on ours as well. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to, love to attend. Yeah, yeah. So just for the listeners, I'll leave this on the podcast. I, I will accept. That'll be out on later after, I guess after that, will it, Kevin? Will it go, is it going live directly or is it? Well, we're going live as well and we're inviting Perfect. along Great. people to come and, come and watch. But it's a panel of eight so far and I'll add you in to nine. They're recruitment leaders. And we're just talking about remote team management and the risks and rewards. So it's a relative one to uh, come and see your input as well. 